Hey, drama listeners, it's Dylan here to remind you about our exclusive Patreon. You might have heard of it, a $5 monthly ticket to bonus episodes, Instagram close friends content, and more. Coming up soon, we will start featuring special guests on Patreon, so that's definitely something you want to be subscribed for. Your membership is like a cheap monthly donation to keep us on the air and keep the drama flowing, and we are so grateful to everyone who is a part of our Patreon family. All right, on with the show. Press play, curtain up an hour in, it's time to taste in, the shade and tea to spill, ooh, drama, oh that's a tweet, did they book, who got nom, they option no, oh I'm not well, what, what star will we talk to today, oh that's a gag honey, say no more, drama, drama, Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I'm Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. Connor, I'm surprised that you're alive and well. Granted, it is the afternoon because you had quite an adventure last night that I we haven't really gotten a chance to talk about yet. I know. Well, I took, I took that trip. I got on the mm. ship to Chromatica. I saw wow. finally, finally, finally Lady Gaga's Chromatica Ball. And boy, was it worth the wait. Dylan, I'm so sad you weren't there. I know, because we bought tickets, I want to say back in 2020 to see it, but... Yeah, whenever she first announced, and then I think we got them refunded, and then we bought them again, but... Yeah. She knows how to put on a show. I mean, come on. It was interesting, though, because... And I, Isaiah, who I went with, pointed out, like, it almost felt more like a Greatest Hits concert at times, even though she was performing Chromatica for the first time, and she did, like, a few of Star is Born songs, and she did her... Oh, I love that! Oh, my God. Hearing Shallow live... Which, you know, the song was so popular. Obviously, it won an Oscar amongst many other awards. And it was everywhere for whatever year. That was 2018, 19. It's a bop. I mean, she really... The chokehold that it had on all of us. Do you remember when the trailer (laughs) for A Star Is Born came out and we just had the ending, the Oz? And everybody Mm -hmm. was shaking. That was like months, too, before the movie even premiered. I know. Remember when her and Bradley sang it at the Oscars? That was a moment. Mm, okay. And Bra- by Bradley, Wait, I mean Bradley Cooper. Yes, yeah. of course, of course. Now, what was your favorite number? Ooh, I mean, Shallow was great. Hearing Monster was great. Throwing it Ooh, back. Ooh, she did. She did Monster. She did Monster. You know, Rain On Me Live as well. I mean, you. I've waited for years to hear these songs in, in yeah. person. She made it the choice to keep the Ariana vocals in and then sing her own parts around them, which I thought was an interesting yeah. way to go about it. Because, like, obviously yeah. for Shallow, she sang it all herself. And yeah. Um, she did do no, no, too. No special guests? No. And no opener. She was the main event. She wasn't. I mean, it was over two hours of her. Like, seriously, she's incredible. And I know after watching her infamous documentary, Five Foot Two, touring and performing live is kind of a painful experience for her. So, like, she's she's dying for the art. She's really doing it. And um, if if anybody hasn't seen Gaga live, you've got to go at some point in your life. Like, she's yeah. she's unbelievable. And she's you've been quite a few times. A few, yeah. And she does that cool thing where she performs and like does everything you want to hear, but then she always talks to the audience too. And it feels very intimate. You can tell she really loves her fans and I love her. Love, love, yeah. love. But I think anyway. there's always videos going viral of her talking and like yeah. giving like stump speeches in the middle of the show. It's fun. <laughs> now, For listen, real. we're talking about a rock goddess, Gaga. But we have another one with us today on the podcast. <laughs> a, a goddess of rock and pop and 
theater and television, and I'm going to bring her in. I'm gagged. Our guest today is a Tony winner, Grammy Award nominee, and boundary-busting Broadway star of stage and screen. She originated the role of Nicola in Kinky Boots and won the Tony Award for her performance as Yitzhak in the 2014 revival of Hedwig and the Angry Inch, making Broadway history later on by being the first person to play both Hedwig and Yitzhak in the same production during the national tour in 2016. TV fans will know her as Miss Audrey in Snowpiercer, HBO's Girls, Amazon Prime's Good Girls Revolt, the infamously iconic Legally Blonde of the Search for Elle Woods, and can be heard voicing the fan favorite role of Countess Coloratura on My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. You may have also seen her on Broadway in Cats, 42nd Street, Dracula the Musical, and Tarzan, as well as off-Broadway in Bad Out of Hell at New York City Center. Center, Radiant Baby, Bed Bugs, Rooms, A Rock Romance, The Toxic Adventure, and more, including starring opposite Marissa Tomei in Lincoln Center Theater's How to Transcend a Happy Marriage. She has multiple albums, 12 EPs in her Obsessed series, a podcast, and is a singular talent. This fall, you can see her on Skid Row as the newest Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors. What a gag. Please welcome to drama, Lena Hall. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to drama. Hi. Oh, thank you. I've been in drama my whole life, so mm. <laughs> perfectly at home here. Yes. I love to hear it. But now we need to tell the listeners who they'll obviously go on our Instagram and follow us if they're not already. They'll see the screenshot <laughs> from this this Zoom. <laughs> And they'll see your background. Do you mind describing where we find you today? I am Dot <laughs> in Sunday in the Park with George. Only I've never played Dot, but you know, maybe one day. I don't know. Probably I, I could not. see it. I, I, would, I would. I would. do. I would see it for your Marie. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know how people would feel about me singing Sondheim. Really? I would have loved you as Bobby and Company. Thank you. I wanted to play Bobby and Company, but I was in contract with Snowpiercer, so that wasn't going to happen. Maybe the national tour that they're allegedly launching? Would you tour again? No. Uh, they'd have to pay me a lot of money to tour. Um, yeah. like You've a done lot. your time on tour. <laughs> yeah. I have, you know, it's interesting as, our, as we get older, you know, our priorities start to change. I had to be away from my husband for five months straight during COVID to film season three of Snowpiercer. And I said to myself, why? Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously because of COVID restrictions, but it felt so ridiculous to me. And we're just, you know, we're, we're doing art. We're doing make-believe. While a lot of people need it to survive, we aren't exactly carrying cancer. So I said, um... I need to at least make sure that I can be available for my husband, you know, a couple of days every two weeks. That's very important, you know? (laughs) So now I have to be honest, I am not caught up on all of the Snowpiercer. I've seen the film, but I have not seen the series because I don't have TNT. That's okay. It's on HBO Max. It is? Yes. (gasps) I think at least season one and two and three, maybe. I don't know. But the last time I looked, actually, I think there was something weird going on with that. But but if you have a VPN, do you have a VPN? Talk nerdy to me. Do you know what a VPN is? I do because I have to use one for work to remotely (laughs) log into the server. Okay, there. Okay. So um, (laughs) use your VPN um, to log into Netflix from like Canada or another country. And then all of Snowpiercer is on Netflix. Oh, cool. For free. 
so is this is this like a spinoff of the movie is in that same world it's the same world it comes from there's these amazing graphic novels that were written back in the 70s and um in the 80s too but and there's uh there's a new one that came out recently uh i don't know when because covid has become it's just Smooth it's a blur. <laughs> yeah but snowpiercer the there's a graphic novel there's many there's multiple and they're really 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 good they're way ahead of their time they're very dark very interesting so okay. that's where the snowpiercer film came from was from these books and so the tv show also came from this kind of same world okay okay yeah there's only one miss audrey there is there is only <laughs> one miss audrey now is there gonna be a fourth season Yes, we just finished filming fourth season. Okay, fourth and final. Mm -hmm. Fourth and final. And fourth so, and did you get more time with the hubby though during this season? I did, yeah, Thank because goodness. I could travel back and forth from Vancouver a little more easily. It's interesting because I'm such a like I'm very driven to like experience all my dreams, you know, like to do the crazy things that I've always wanted to do, like be in a TV show, like be a series regular you know every theater performer is just like i want to be a series regular in a tv show like that's the dream and then you get there and you're like oh this is much different than i thought <laughs> <laughs> much different than i thought you know like i miss the stage so much mm. i think you know if i had to do it differently i would i would be more of like recurring guest or, or something like that where i'm not so locked into a contract where I can actually do theater outside of the filming mm -hmm. because I need that. Like for me, my life, my breath, my world is stage, being on stage, not just concerts. Cause yeah, I can do concerts and throw, throw them together. No problem. And also then there was COVID, but you know, and that really held everything, sure. <laughs> you know, that, that caused a lot of issues. Cause then I didn't step in front of a live audience for a long time, but it's that connection with, an audience that's the telling the story all the way through in one shot. It's the audience changes every single night. So you change with the audience and like the challenge of finding ways to make it different every day, but then staying within the parameters of what has been set, you know, like it's such a challenge and so much fun and you just feel really, really satiated after i guess it's like the greatest meal you've ever eaten after every show you just feel like oh especially if the show is like tough difficult emotionally exciting for you to go through these things you know like hedwig was just like the best sex ever <laughs> ever <laughs> afterwards you were like wow like nothing's gonna you know like cigarette in hand yeah you're that. like damn <laughs> yeah you know but other than or or well you know like kinky boots because the character was so small and was edited down so much that left a little bit more to be desired yeah interesting yeah yeah I, I i actually read or i heard an interview with you where you were talking about how you, nicola had a song in kinky mm -hmm. boots at one point yeah i've posted it before on my instagram and on i think youtube but um okay. it's there someone did a like someone took a bootleg of it and i i like just like reposted it because <laughs> i don't <laughs> mind bootlegs honestly i wish that the theater industry would get on board with the idea of streaming live shows for yes. audience members who cannot make it to new york a who cannot make it to a tour and also who cannot afford a full price ticket. I would love that. I think it's a smart idea. I know that they're like, well, what is, you know, they're going to record it. I'm like, but people want to watch it live. Like 
People mm-hmm. don't want to watch a recording. They want to watch it live. And it's not going right. to stop people from going to see it in person. In fact, it will make it more desirable, right? Because they know yeah. what they, they know the show and they want to go see what they know, what they've seen so many times. And it's like, then they get to see it live and it's even more exciting than it was if they were like, I don't know, what is this show? I wonder, right. hmm, right? Because it's a risk. Yes. It's such a financial investment, you know? It is, yeah. And I think that like streaming maybe once a week, would be, I mean, would just open up the doors to a whole A, other new revenue stream, but be a brand new audience for every single show. Mm-hmm. And it would help. 100%. Like 100%. But anyway, we got a bunch of, it's. there's some old school stuff going on and it's it's a little slow to the technical, I don't know, there's a lot of rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. So I don't mm-hmm. know the full story behind everything. I can advocate for what I think is right. But then yeah. again, there's always, you know, there's so much more behind the scenes that has to happen. Da, da, da. I just, I'm very into it. Anyway, so yes, Nicola, she was a much bigger role. In fact, she was such a good flushed out character when I first started doing the readings and workshops and stuff that you ended up like really liking her and you ended up like hating Charlie. And then you didn't really care about Lauren because she was kind of not really written very like she wasn't flushed mm-hmm. out you know for some reason harvey really just like knew my character and flushed my character out just like great <laughs> and i was like this is awesome and then as time went by well you know the audiences need to love charlie they need to be rooting for him they need to be rooting for the factory workers they need to be rooting for anna lee and them him to get together you know like yeah anna lee played lauren and and yeah. um and so <laughs> subsequently my carrot the role kept getting edited down and edited down and edited down or maybe i sucked but i don't know but anyway no, so i kept getting no, edited no. down no, no. and then there's you know changed and lauren became a little more flushed out and the song was better and you know and then they were like we're we're gonna edit your song down and i was like guys it's so short already you gotta either <laughs> just goodbye to the song or make it a song. Like, it's just like, I was like, I don't understand the edit. Like, it it's only takes up five seconds of the show. Like, what's the edit for? And so they ended up cutting the song, which is fine. And, uh, and was that in Chicago? Yeah, in Chicago, yeah. And, and that was fine. And I ended up sticking with the show because I knew it was like such a great thing to be involved with. And they were surprised. Like, Jerry was surprised. He was like, I don't understand why you stayed with the show. You know, we cut everything out. And I was like, because I love the show. Like, I loved yeah. this project. I loved being a part of it from the very inception up to, you know, all the way to the Tonys. Like, how cool is that? Well, I also was like, what else am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, thank you for thinking that I have all of these offers coming to me and that I'm going to say yes. You know, that I'm just going to, I'm like, no, I must stay with the show. You know, like, uh-huh. like really, it was kind of like what I was doing and I loved the show. So I stuck with it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't change a thing. I mean, maybe I would, maybe I would ask for that song to be finally finished and have a real song song. Mm-hmm. But, but other than that, that show is just like so much fun. Oh, yeah. And, and it's the staying power of that show. I mean, it's literally back now yeah. in New York. It's I was like, so good. I was like, what? Off Broadway? <laughs> How? It's a huge cast. Like, How I are know. they going to make any money? And it's at that theater, <laughs> that stage 42, that just can't seem to keep any inhabitants. Ooh, so well, we'll see. Maybe this is the one yeah. that's going to be a long runner. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I have faith in Kinky Boots. It's so, it's beautiful. Oh, my God. Wait, okay, Lena, we've, we've 
really gotten into it already, <laughs> but we usually like to kick off the convo by asking our guests how they're doing. And I am so curious, are you well? I am fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm doing good. You know, like I've had the most bizarre, surreal few years and I think everybody has, like I'm not alone. The fact that I get to go to do and do a show coming up is like I'm so happy because I feel like I feel like that's home for me and we've missed you on stage I, I've missed home like I've missed being home and home is the stage right did you see I mean do you keep up with yourself online did you see <laughs> how excited the theater community was on social media when they announced you as going into little shop yeah it was cool because I well first of all I reached out to them and I was like hey can you get me in touch with your PR people so that I can like do an announcement at the same time so we're simpatico when we announce and, <laughs> and I never heard back and then suddenly I was in Vancouver filming season four of Snowpiercer and I was sitting and I was having don't judge me a ham and cheese croissant mm, i was having a ham and cheese this little french bakery place and um i was writing in my journal and so and then my phone texts came up and it was lynn manuel miranda was the very first person to text me and say oh i have i've already seen it but i can't wait to see you in it i'm gonna come and see you in it like and i was like <laughs> i was like lynn you won't even respond <laughs> And you're like the first person texted me. That's cool. Like, hi. So you knew at this point, at least the news wasn't broken. The news just broke and he was the first person to reach out. And so that's how I knew the news broke was because Lynn reached gotcha. out. And then I okay. had to Google my name <laughs> to find that I was like, oh, okay, okay. So I better do a post. And, and then I got a bunch of slew of texts and, and messages and stuff like that. So people were really excited for me to come back to theater. Yes. And I can't wait. And yes, I do read message boards. <laughs> you do? <laughs> yeah. And some of them were like, that's a, that's, you know, that's, she's going to be great, but she does not have a box office draw. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Oh, well, but oh, well, I'm going to be good anyway. So maybe word will get out that I'm like. Ridiculous thing for somebody to say, first of all. <laughs> well, maybe word will get out that I'm like so fucking fierce in the, in the show that they need to see it again. And yeah. I'm going to come see you in it. Again, I saw it already. I think it's going to be amazing. The songs your character gets to sing oh, to, yeah. I mean, classic, timeless. Yes, classic, timeless. I can't wait. I have been singing those songs for a long, long time because, gosh, we had the soundtrack. With now the movie is the only version I know. I have purposefully stayed away from the stage version because, and I haven't watched anything or listened to anything yet. I start rehearsals on tuesday august 16th that's in four days and i've purposefully stayed away from everything because i want to go in kind of with my own idea of the character because ellen green is really hard to wipe from your memory <laughs> oh yeah oh my god because she's so iconic but i do know that people will want to see some tone of that a little bit sure. like an ode to because she is so iconic and it is her role. But then mm -hmm. also I know that I need to do my own thing with it. Oh, you will. I can only, I can hear your voice. I can just hear it. I am so excited. And you'll be opposite Rob McClure. Yeah. Right? yeah. This will be the first time I work oh with gosh. him. He came on our show back in March or April and we have never gotten so many responses of people within the industry who listened and were just like, he is the most magical storyteller in the world. Oh, he's so sweet and and so wonderful, mm -hmm. and I can't I can't wait to work with him. I'm very very excited. I feel like yeah. I feel like we'll have a really good time. And now I you know 
I love that I'm playing Audrey. One of my like bucket list characters, although I'll never play it, is Audrey Two because mm-hmm. I love the plant so much. But <laughs> yeah, you, your vocals down on that. Oh my god! And then you'll like, have played Miss Audrey, Audrey, and Audrey. I 2. know, right? I was like, maybe we could switch parts one night. <laughs> You've done it before. Right? I have. I have. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be like, hey, hey, hey. I mean, really, if we just switched parts, <laughs> it's. Just, I'll just tell you this. There's reasons why it won't happen. Um, it would have to yes. be a straight switch. It would have to be like yes. a straight switch where we're just like, it's one night, and we're gonna do this, and we're gonna have fun, and it's gonna be silly. But it wouldn't for other. It will not ever happen. But I can dream. A bitch can dream. A bitch can dream. I did do, I did sing Feed Me at a Broadway Backwards event. Oh, fun. And I got a lot of pushback on it. Really? They wanted me to sing a Jason Robert Brown song. And I was like, this is like my chance to do something that I've always wanted to do that I'm never going to get to do. Right. That's the point of those events. Yeah. And so I fought and fought and fought. And I was like, please, I want to do Feed Me. And so... I had to change it so that it was like like about my lady parts, my lady flower yelling at me <laughs> to feed me. Right? Yeah. That's how that's how I had to switch it up just to please whatever they needed for you know for their thing. So, but I ended up doing it. it was so much fun. It was so silly. It was so much fun. Oh my god! Is the video online? No. Oh. Not one video of that is anywhere at all and hmm. i'm soups sad yeah of all the things that are out there you know but well it, it'll be nice to imagine there's some really horrible things <laughs> that i've done that are out there that i'm like can we take that off the internet because it's just the worst either performance or like photos where i'm like oh god i know the lighting why (laughs) now this actually brings this is an interesting segue for me because i am curious to know how you feel about legally blonde the search for all was (laughs) a part of your life something you want out there something you want discussed or otherwise it's how connor and i were introduced to you oh god (laughs) and we loved we loved from the beginning listen a lot of yeah a lot of people are like i had no idea that you like I didn't put two and two together. Like a lot of people take it takes them time to be like, oh wait, it's Lena Hall or really anything like that. Yes, I did that show, and somebody recently uploaded just my clips. Literally any clip I'm in is in it. It is just me. <laughs> All my clips in in Legally Bond: The Search for All Woods, and it's a little less than half an hour long. And wow. I am, I die. I die. I am just like, first of all, I have mush mouth. Like, like, how do I talk like that? Who talks like that? You also <laughs> were our redheaded sister at that point in time. I was redhead. I, I was redheaded. It's a lie. I'm sorry. It's a lie. I'm a blonde. Right. Um, right. It's a yes. lie. But yes, it's all a lie. And, <laughs> and like, it was weird because like at the beginning I was like everyone was way younger than me and so and everybody was acting like insane people like like girls being like ah! you know like like pink I'm like <laughs> 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 you know no, me! and I'm like Haley hey bitch, I know you what's up <laughs> Right, you know what been, I mean I've been, been in the industry yeah I've been in the industry I've done four Broadway shows at that point. 
And Which they never mentioned. Really, I don't think they ever mentioned that. They never no. mentioned it. No. And, <laughs> and so I had there I was like surrounded by these girls and they were just like hyping each other up to the point of them being like, <gasps> you know, like <laughs> burn! and like I'm like they're like, look at these photos, they're pink. And I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> so I was like, I guess I can play along. Like, I guess I'm supposed to be like super excited about all of this like oh my god look at where we are we're at the top of the empire hotel and right. it's actually a bar right that they turned into a set for us to live in like weird um, <laughs> i know I've, I've gotten drinks there many times and i, I forget you know <laughs> yeah that's where we were and like you know i, I don't know it it was really funny because i was just like this like bitter i mean at that point i had been so it was four broadway shows in i had just finished tarzan and i had this kind of bizarre bitterness that was taught to me and you know this is kind of way of being that's a very you know i'm gonna get a lot of shit for this but it's it's taught in the in the female dressing room <laughs> Mm. And it's a tough business, so I understand where it comes from, but it is very, it's, it's a very negative way of thinking, and um, it will rub off on you eventually, and so that's where I was mentally in my headspace. The reason why I did Legally Blonde, The Search for Elle Woods, is because I was trying to, like, figure out why weren't these Broadway shows making me happy? That's so weird, right? Mm. It's my, sh it's like my dream to be on Broadway and these Broadway shows and I was bitching about it. Like mm. something's wrong here. Who am I? What am I doing? What do I want to do with my life? So I did this show like because I thought Jerry Mitchell had called, you know, his his assistant called me and was like, hey, he really wants you to come in for the show. He requested you to come in. And I was like, oh, well, maybe then I have a real shot. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I was kind of figuring it out. And at that point I was just like, well, if I have to audition through reality television to show to get a job that I'm interested in, then so be it. Yeah. <laughs> and also like at that time as well, I was doing, you know, just any TV, any film I could find. I was doing like student films and like, you know, just trying to get comfortable in front of the camera. I did fucking all my children. I played a prostitute named Trina and I was only supposed to be in one episode and then they liked me. So they kept having me come back and then I heard they were going to like rape me in and I was like, oh, I can't turn this money down. Like, but it's kind of really like, you know, you learn the dialogue that day. It's mm -hmm. very, very hard. Like, I don't know how soap opera people do it. It is really hard. Well, it's hard because it's like you are filming a new episode every single day. You have shit tons of dialogue. It's all expositional. Like there's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a lot to, it's a lot to memorize, like a lot. And I was like, I don't know if I could do this. Like, and then all the writers got fired. <laughs> Oh, no. Was, was this during <laughs> the writer's strike? I want to say yes, but I don't know. I okay. don't remember. But I do know that the all of the writers on All My Children got fired or something like crazy like that. And then that was the end of Trina. So that was the end of Trina. And no, um, yeah, yeah. no it's fine. Um, it's totally fine. <laughs> Everything happens for a reason, right? Yeah, I was like in a rock band trying to do TV film. And I was doing smaller projects um theater projects that i was excited about because i wanted to get that passion back mm -hmm. that i had lost after doing dracula the musical and tarzan back to back just like getting back on into my like i'm so like whew, 
I'm going to do this and I love it and I'm happy and I'm good at what I do and I got some confidence, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to play that. Oh my God, I'll never be able to do this. Oh, it's so hard. You know, I'm <laughs> not going to play that game anymore. Mm-hmm. Like that was the game that was being taught backstage and it's mm-hmm. not, it's not a good game. Like just because you're confident in your performing abilities and just because you're like, yeah, I got this, no problem, does not mean you're like conceited. It's not a negative thing. It's a very positive thing, but it was always looked down on and we were always taught to be like, I'm horrible. I can't do that. Oh God, I'm going to lose my voice. It's terrible. Oh, you know, like, you know, this weird and then it's like kind of fake, but then you start to believe it and then it starts to happen. Sure, sure, sure. You know what I mean? Like it's a whole mental game of that whole thing and that that was happening and it's not like it was like intentionally taught but it's something that people say right and you start to do that because you're with everyone who are lovely people but you're yeah. with them every single day when you're with someone every day you start to take on their qualities like oh, yeah. their personality and that person and then that person and then that person and, and so on and so forth and i just didn't want to be that negative person backstage that was saying that you know, oh, I can't. Like it's like, oh no, 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 no. I can. I can't I can literally do anything. Even if even if in the back of my mind I'm like <laughs> like, oh fuck. You know, like I still I know I can do anything that I put my mind to or anything that I say yes to, um, I can do it. And like that's a much better mindset because then you can figure it out. And yeah. you're free to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But once you have the mindset of like, I can't do it or like, oh, it's too hard, then your mind is going to figure out how to make it so hard that you can't do it. Wow. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, where would you say that spark came back? I mean, was Legally Blonde helpful in in reigniting that love or was it just another, <laughs> another, another sort of an attempt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, no. So the show was really fun to film. I figured out what was going on in about episode three, (laughs) where I was like, oh, oh, I'm definitely not going to get this. Mm. They're definitely going to get this. This is all set up. It's completely contrived. This is so not the process, like, of how to audition for something. I am just playing a character, and I don't even know what character that is. You weren't the villain, I will say that. I wasn't the villain, no. Um, But, like, you know, Was Emma the villain? No, 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 no. It was um, Cassie Cassie Silva. Silva. Cassie Silva. Yeah. I just remember Emma having, when she was sent home, and this episode was scrubbed from YouTube. So I don't think you can find it on YouTube, but it's Emma's elimination, Emma's ex's elimination episode. She is eliminated from the show and she's having her like post elimination interview. And she (laughs) says like straight to camera and Lauren and Bailey and whoever, Rhiannon Rhiannon are little girls. It's like this iconic. I remember falling in love with her though. She's like the hardened, like I just quit smoking. Like I'm fighting through. It was this. It was this iconic, like, I would watch the jump off point from that, you know, like what happens next, you know? She was so, she was so young though, too. Mm -hmm. Like she was only hardened because she was a New Yorker. That's it. You know what I mean? Like, that's why. And I, God, I love those girls. I love all of those girls so much, but we were in there playing some kind of game for them. And I was like, I was just like, fuck, I'm not, I'm not here to get this job. 
Like, clearly, I'm not here to get this job. They're pretending like I've never done a show ever. They're pretending like I don't actually know all of these people that were, like, being sent out, <laughs> you know, as a as a gift, like, or as, right. like, a, you know, like, I'm like, I I know literally all of them. <laughs> so, so it was just, like, so bizarre that I was even in that room. I even knew that Paul Kanan and I, yeah. the judge, Paul Kanan, like, we did the Annie Get Your Gun tour together. <laughs> we were in a gay publication together. Like, <laughs> as a, at, like we were dancing at some kind of rodeo in Dallas, and we were, a photo was taken, and we were in a gay publication together. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like, and then, of course, you know, I talked to them afterwards. I was like, what What was the deal? They're like, oh, it was so hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, because we, we love you, and you're so, you know, you're talented, but you weren't for the role i was like well yeah i wasn't for the role but i didn't know that because i'm a natural mm -hmm. blonde you think you're an actor you can play anything yeah. which you think technically you can but honestly you can't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't as much as you want to be like i'm an actor i should be able to i can play any role it doesn't matter i should be seen for everything and it's like no, actually, uh, you put me next to someone who is a true ingenue. I am going to stick out like an asshole. Like, I'm going to look <laughs> like a total, like, rough around the edges, piece of shit person next to a true, you know, <laughs> you know, like a ingenue. But, like, you know, it all depends on casting, of course. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, will I ever play the ingenue? No, no. That's okay. That's okay. Will I play, like, a a tan... California girl from a rich family who acts like she's dumb, but she's not, and goes to law school and gets her to. I will not. No, I will not play that role. And it's like a fashionista. I won't play that role. Would I play Vivian? I would play Vivian. Yes, mm -hmm. correct, correct. That would. That's a better thing. So it's just like at the end of the day, there. You know, there's things that that sometimes it's better to just stay in your little box that people put you in because that's how you're naturally coming off but then there's the times when you know you get a chance to kind of go against that box like when i did yitzhak and played a man yeah i mean that is i'm not a man obviously so it's a completely different thing like mm -hmm. it's a completely different human being i was a completely different person on that stage and that was great and that was fun and i love that and that's the challenge but i think for a regular every day if i just kind of like go with my like who i am as a human being mm -hmm. uh, it works better for me than trying to be like but i am an ingenue like <laughs> but i can play that like i can be yeah. you know vulnerable and sweet and people are like <laughs> you can but we don't believe you i'm like mm. it's your face <laughs> Now you bring up Yitzhak, and we of, of course have to talk about Hedwig. I mean, you won a Tony. In the history-making decision to play also Hedwig on the tour, you've had some years of separation from this. I mean, you played opposite so many different performers. When you look back now, I mean, we've, we've been through a pandemic. You've had time away from the show and the role. What do you feel like Yitzhak gave you? Like, what was the greatest gift that Yitzhak gave you? Um... A drinking problem. <laughs> I am kidding. Uh, no, uh, Yitzhak actually, Yitzhak was great because Yitzhak was a prime example for me of like, it's not what's written on the page, it's the actor. Mm. And, and there were moments where I could have just like, in rehearsal process, there were moments where I could have just sat there and like, let them bring me into the fold, like, as in Neil and Michael Mayer. Mm -hmm. Everyone was very focused on Neil, and right, 
They should be. That show is a motherfucker. And Yitzhak is kind of on the sidelines in the background. And you're, as an actor, you're kind of left to your own devices because what's important? That person who has to literally just talk for two hours straight. Mm -hmm. Well, a hundred minutes. So I got the balls to always be around during the conversations when they were trying to figure out like, what do we do with this? What do I do with that? How do I get this? How do I get that? Like logistically figure things out. And I was just be like, hey, I'm doing nothing. I'm here, whatever you need. I got you. I am your co-star. Well, not even co-star. I am your support. Mm. Like, and that was a great lesson in how to listen, how to be present constantly, and how to be open to anything, even if you feel like it's a little demeaning, you know, like demeaning <laughs> on like, like, well, I'm not, you know, like, I'm an actor. Like, <laughs> I'm not a sound person, you know? And if I had done that, I would have just been sitting there in the dark the whole time. I was just like, hey, just give me the mic. Like, I'll do the stands. I'll get the stand. I'll do the mic. I'll do, you know, I'll catch this. I'll catch that. I'll pick that up. I'll I'll get you a towel. I'll get you your whatever. Whatever you want, I am here. I'll do it. Like, I'm just your support. You are the main star here. I am only here to support the story that you are telling. Mm. And in that in that weird headspace of just kind of like getting out of my own stupid ego, which is hard for us to do sometimes, at least. I'm, I mean, I'm only speaking on my own experience here. Maybe some people are, maybe the general population is a lot more, you know, <laughs> kind and open and, and caring. <laughs> yeah, you know. Who can I, say? Who can say? say? <laughs> you know, I want to be the star. <laughs> and the, and everyone should know that because I was on a fucking reality television show. That should tell you a lot about my personality. <laughs> it taught me how to be a giving actor, how to give to someone and not to expect literally anything in return. Mm. And that changed everything because when you learn how to be a giving actor in that you just like give the person the spotlight, literally just, just give it to them and support them every possible way you can even to a point where you're staring at them literally the whole show because you never know when they're going to look over at you and need something mm. and you're just completely present every single moment of every single day of every single show and you're listening to every single word i've never i never went to the white room do you guys know that term mm -mm. when an actor goes to the white room it's when an actor's on autopilot on stage and suddenly they like come to and then they forget ex they forget what they're doing. They forget their lines. It's like a moment of like. That's <gasps> horrible. Yeah, it's coming pre becoming present. Yeah, I couldn't do that on this show. It was great because it taught me how to listen. Yeah. It taught me how to be present actor. It taught me how to react properly, like actually really react. It was amazing. And and I love that. I learned so much as an actor doing that role. And um. Yeah, I, I just happened to win an award for that. And I really didn't think I was going to because the role feels so, and I don't know how anyone else feels playing this role, but so in the dark and so aggressively like shadowed that I thought that no one saw me. No one could see me. I felt extremely invisible. The only time I didn't feel invisible during that show was singing the song yeah. and then coming in at the end. That was the only time I didn't really feel like this invisible 
presence on the stage. Whereas opposed to the other side of that, playing Hedwig is the complete and utter opposite. Hedwig is, I mean, Hedwig is a role where when you step on stage, first of all, you shoot your pants before you go on that stage because you're like, I am so scared. What have I done? I don't want to do this. Get me the fuck out of here. I can't do it. You know what I mean? It's like that fight or flight right before this starts. You're, you want to run away. You really want to run away because it seems such like a, like it's this mountainous thing that you have to do and you don't even, and you're like, oh God, I'm going to forget everything or whatever. Once you step on that stage, you are no longer present. Wow. You are literally gone. It's like, it's so weird. And I know other people have said this about this character is she takes over you, body and soul. You're no longer present. You are no longer aware. And then suddenly you're bowing and you're like, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) And it's really cool. So the juxtaposition between the two is so interesting because it is the complete opposite where one it just the character takes over you and that's it i mean you just are this person for for the whole time whereas on the other side of that you know yitzhak you have to be present you have to be listening you have to be there a hundred thousand percent there is no there is no taking over there's nothing taking over you you are there mm-hmm. you are focused you are present and that's like so cool about that that show and playing those two roles is getting that. And what's crazy is oh, that because because I had so many wives, yes, and I was so present during all of their shows, I had learned the show <laughs> without knowing it. <laughs> and so when I went to go into rehearsal, I had five different versions of the show to choose from, and they were all in my head. And when I went into rehearsal, I knew it all. I think I was off book in like two days. And it's giving soap opera. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. But that was that was the that was the the genius of having been so present mm-hmm. for everyone. And then also getting to do it with Darren was really, really fun because Darren is so young. He's very, very talented, but he's not someone that I would typically cast as a headwig because Hedwig is fucking done. Yeah. <laughs> like she's an overdone steak. Like yes. just stick a fork in her. She is done. And Darren to me is so ooh, like he's like the sexy rock star and I was like and it took me so long to figure out why I was like I don't understand because I can't because he's not it's not the same mm. vibe you know and then I had this whole like weird meta epiphany and I was like it's Tommy Gnosis telling Hedwig's story uh. and then when I was took it from that angle I was like whoa <laughs> Yeah. Yes. And it changed everything for me. It made it really, really meta. It was so cool and interesting. And I was like, damn, it's Tommy Gnosis telling Hedwig's story. That's crazy. <laughs> right? Um, but that's kind of the beauty of the show is you can have anyone play the role and it works no matter what. It's like the show is ever like the dial it doesn't change, but the show itself is ever evolving who mm-hmm. depending on who is playing the character. Was there ever like any rumors or anybody you dreamed that would come in to replace at any point throughout the oh. run? Oh, there was one and I won't remember. I remember being like, oh, that would be amazing. You know? You know, speaking of, there was talk of Lady Gaga going in. There's also talk of Miley Cyrus going in. Not for Yitzhak. Mm-mm. Okay. Interesting. Mm-mm. No, they, they were, they wanted a, a woman. energy. They wanted a woman to play it. 
you know? They were like, who could we get to play it? And then I ended up just trumping everyone, just uh, but just doing it. On, but still not, a, a woman has not done a full run. Mm-hmm. And I, I would love to change that because that's something I want to do again. I didn't get to do it in New York. I did it on the West Coast and I right. only did it eight times. Oh, okay. Yeah, I you need a full run. run. Right. Yeah, full I only run. got eight shows to do it. And like, and I... <laughs> I love a good bootleg. And I watched the bootleg. <laughs> you watched it. <laughs> I did. You know, contrary to popular opinion, okay, it takes me. I need to be away from the project for a while until I watch myself in it. If I mm-hmm. watch myself right after I've done it, it's like, ooh, God, I suck. You know, like, it's like, oh. And then when I get some perspective on it, I get to watch it. I'm much, it's, it's much more. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Interesting choices. Like, I would love to do it again to where I got a chance to really settle into the character and settle into the flow of the show. I have ideas for, like, my own version of it. That's not the revival that we did. Okay. But I don't know. You know? I think that would be phenomenal. Do you have a director in mind? No. Yourself. <laughs> Myself, of course. I can yeah. do anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. right? You can. I can do everything and anything and yeah, no. <laughs> you do have that sensibility about you. And we, I mentioned this before we jumped in that you you are very driven and I've seen, you've done so much. I mean, no one could ever peg you as one thing because you, you've been on reality. You've done Kinky Boots or Off-Broadway stuff or TV and film. <laughs> Where did all of this come from? Like we, we like to go back to the beginning and, and we oh. call it a ring of keys moment. And it's coming a little later in the conversation than we normally would have it, but it's that moment when you realized that this was the life for you or this was the path you wanted to take. Can you track your career back to a specific moment like that? Um, interestingly enough, I can and I can't because mm-hmm. I was born into the ballet world. So I was performing at the age of two on stage in ballet. I took my wow. first steps on a, on a ballet stage. You know what I mean? In Dallas, Texas. In point, of course. Uh, yes, on point. Can you imagine? <laughs> or on point, right? <laughs> I was I was on point at nine years old. I was like seriously studying to be a prima ballerina when I was just very, very young. My dad had a company. My mom was his prima ballerina. My dad knew everyone. I went to Europe and studied. Wow. Like it wasn't enough of a passion to fuck my body up that much. Because when I turned about twelve, that's when I kind of gained more of an awareness of like the negative body talk going on and mm. i was at san francisco ballet at the time and i just like my butt had grown you know what i mean like i had a bubble butt i wasn't like this bored this mm-hmm. tiny skinny board anymore i was going through puberty i was growing up and my butt it developed and i had this bubble butt and like the teachers stopped liking me you know, and I, I don't know why I had the wherewithal at that point. I didn't want to work that hard to change my body to fit their notion of it. It was very forward thinking. Like, yeah. how? Why? Very wise. Very wise at a very young age. Um, and then I also saw my friends and they were like, there were just dis- eating disorders and that kind of stuff going on. And, and I didn't want to like really deal with that. And so I thought maybe I would just be like a lawyer or a psychologist or something like that. So once I quit ballet, I didn't stop dancing. I, I danced all the way through high school and stuff like that. But once I quit ballet, that was when like I was doing musical theater with my sister for fun. And like, yeah. I didn't know what the Tony Awards were. Like, 
I was just learning about Sondheim. I knew what Cats was because I really, I saw it and I wanted to do that because it was a dance show and I saw Les Mis and I thought Gavroche was hot because I was like <laughs> super young and like, you know. <laughs> that, that's a first. I've never heard anyone be like, that was my crush in Les Mis. <laughs> well, I was like nine years old or 10 yeah, years old. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we were, yeah. we were the same age. Yeah. <laughs> it was age appropriate. It was right, age appropriate. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and uh and so like musical theater was just kind of like this thing that I was doing that it was really fun. I loved singing, I loved dancing. I knew nothing about the business. I knew nothing. Nothing. I knew about like Avida and I knew about Jesus Christ Superstar because my friends who were in this musical theater company that I was in, they were all talking about it and that's how I knew. But really like Broadway and the Tony Awards and things like that, I didn't really know what that was. Like I didn't mm. know how that existed. It wasn't like a dream that I could dream. You dreamed a dream. I dreamed a or dream didn't. of... <laughs> so at the time, you know, when I'm 11... 12, 13, um, my hormones are raging and I wanted to be in TV film mm-hmm. because <laughs> because there was this actor named Jonathan Brandis and I was utterly obsessed with him. Obsessed! I would watch Sequest DSV. That was the TV show he was on. I would watch, uh, he was in a movie called Ladybugs, which is like a Rodney Dangerfield film, like a 90s film that's a, Anyway, How old was he compared to you at this point? I mean, only a few 11. years older. Only a few years okay. older. Like he he's was like a, a teen star. A teen idol? Yeah, for sure. He was okay. in like Tiger Beat. Yeah. Oh, okay. And okay. Now, you're, now you're speaking my language. Yeah, he okay. was a child star. And then also there was my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> Don't judge me. It's called Sidekicks. And it is a martial arts film that wanted to be like the Karate Kid. It was not the Karate Kid, but uh, it had <laughs> Chuck Norris in it. And oh. uh, which I know Chuck Norris is divisive because he's very much all that. Um, yes. Yeah. So, fuck it. I loved. <laughs> I loved him in this fucking movie. I loved Jonathan Brandis in this movie. I wanted to be the girl in the movie. Like I wanted to be in the movies just because I wanted to marry Jonathan Brandis. And I knew in order to marry Jonathan Brandis, I needed to become a famous movie star or TV star. He would know who I was. We would meet. He would for sure fall in love with me. It would happen. The end. That is my ring of keys moment. <laughs> I'm gagged. Okay, <laughs> I just Googled him. Wait, Connor, I, Connor, I just Googled him as well. He's he was very so much good. worthy of this journey. The hair. The hair. The it's 90s. Face. Yes, it's like River Phoenix vibes. Very much. And unfortunately, yeah. it is River Phoenix, but it is sad because he did die. Oh, he did? <gasps> yeah. Oh, yeah, there is literally that young, okay, only the good die young type thing. Interesting. Yeah. That's really sad. I love that that's kind of like how you, your entryway into like (laughs) the dream, you know, because it's relatable as hell. Like it's honestly giving Elle Woods not to bring our girl back into it. Following a man. Exactly. Like I'm going to do this because I'm in love with someone and they're going to love me more. And then you're just like suddenly on your own journey and you're like, wait, what did I do? You know, like. Yeah, absolutely. That's so right. cool. That is actually one of my <laughs> one of my favorite Ring of Keys moments because I think at this because in in Fun Home it's it's a recognition of identity and and perhaps sexuality too. And I love when they kind of meet when we, the way that we do it. It comes to art, but it's art and also sexuality too at the same time with this, which is so fun. I mean, I understand why you 
Well, you went for it. If you were to recommend to me a project to watch or anything like that, would you say Sidekicks is the one? <laughs> I don't know what your taste is. This is the <laughs> early 90s. Don't judge. You know, you can't go in Never. there. No one can go into these films with a woke man, like brain. You will watch no. it and you'll be like, ooh, they got away with that. Like... <laughs> Anything, anything like 2000 before, we have to just accept it for what it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Otherwise, I, all of our favorites are ruined. This you know, is even true. like, you know, Grease, my one of my, probably my favorite movie. Come on. You know, it's like, there's so many issues with it, but it's like. Just gotta it is let it, it go. We can, we can learn and, and move from there. There's no reason like beating up the, it's just, it's done. Yeah. So you can't agree. Ladybugs is basically okay. about Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> um, trying to get a promotion by coaching this female soccer team that sucks. Okay. And okay. he'll get a promotion if they win the championship. So his son to be, it's not his, he's, it's, it's his stepson, but he, they're not yet married yet. So that's Jonathan Brandis is a really good soccer player. So he convinces him to dress up as a girl and be on the soccer team. The, okay. These types of plots were very popular in the nineties. <laughs> yes. That's that it's, it's kind of Shakespearean too. I mean, like you think about like, um, what's the one with the Sebastian and, and, uh, Twelfth night. night is there's some some yeah, gender switching yes, stuff. Some gender it's Viola, a gender swap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gender and there's swap. Mm -hmm. there's lots of like crazy where he's like having to gender swap all over the place because the mom doesn't know about it and you know there's like, like in Mrs. Doubtfire like the correct. dinner. It's okay. exactly yeah, yeah. exactly okay okay. It's like Ted Lasso meets Mrs. Doubtfire meets Shakespeare, which sounds incredible. Ultimately, there is this moment. It's a dream sequence and in this film um, that was <laughs> I like, love your recall my. <laughs> It's, it's not hard to recall because I literally just probably watched this the other day. <laughs> I own it on DVD. Yes. The only reason I have a DVD player is only to watch that shit. <laughs> and sidekicks. Listen, kicks. HBO's taking everything off. So I gotta, yeah. gotta get your DVDs. Exactly. Um, but uh, Ladybugs, um, there's a stream sequence and it's, it's him dreaming of the hot girl on the soccer team and like they're getting married and it's just like this whole and it's to the song you know the song dream 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 is oh, that yeah. song uh, what a what a moment it took me back heart. to my childhood in the 90s right there that's yeah that's special yeah and then sidekicks is obviously the i don't want to say the poor man's karate kid but it's the poor man's karate kid yeah <laughs> whenever there was a hit there was always sort of like a, a launch like what after the goonies came out like there was all those kid movies of them trying to be the goonies you know right it's like, yeah mm -hmm. well lena these recommendations of sidekicks and ladybugs it's giving it's giving our final segment which is doso drama yes. where we send our listeners off into the world to go either think about some drama or consume it it could be a recommendation it could be something you want to promote rant about rave about Ooh. and I'll kick it off today because I want to recommend a show that everyone watched a full year ago, which is called Squid Game, and I'll just leave it at that. I finally watched Squid Game on Netflix, and it is incredible television, and everyone needs to watch it if they haven't yet. It is very good. I was riveted. I was shaken to my core. It's um, certainly graphic, but phenomenally acted and had twists and turns and i i know this is like so sad of me that i'm watching it a full year after everyone but um i was afraid i'd be too scared and it wasn't as scary as i thought it was um it was much more 
uh, an interesting commentary on on class and the the lengths we go to to um, fight for ourselves in our lives and our families. So I think everyone needs to watch it. Have you, you guys seen it? I no. saw it. Did you see it, Lena? No, no, it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's really good. I have a movie suggestion, and okay. I'm about to change my voter uh, registration at this point for this one. But I saw Top Gun <laughs> Maverick last night. <laughs> It was amazing. Have you seen Top Gun ever, Alina? <laughs> the original? You're kidding, right? <laughs> Cunty, I am 42 years old. I have seen Top Gun. Top Gun, okay, so... You're, if wait, you, you're not 42. I am, yes. If... Okay, so... <laughs> that's why my resume is so long. <laughs> no, well, I knew you, you started doing things at like 18, so I thought yes, you just... Yes, yeah. You know, yeah. You're, no, 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 no. You look... Thank you. Twenties. Let's talk kidding. about a Zoom filter. Um, <laughs> um, yes, I have one on. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I am happy I'm, to I'm... blow people's minds. It's blown. Thank you. Top Gun. You watch it if you have surround sound. You must watch Top Gun with your surround mm-hmm. sound full on, fucking blasting. I loved oh, yeah. Top Gun Maverick because I'm a sucker for for honestly tom cruise i want to be in his musical so fucking bad yes yes i hope he knows who i am maybe he will after this stupid gossip scandal thing happened that was really actually not a scandal but it uh, was only because the media deemed it so um but uh but maybe tom cruise if you are listening i want to be in your musical because i think you're fucking Awesome. Now, I know you're weird. That's okay. I'm I'm weird. I'm so <laughs> weird. And you're weird in different ways than I'm weird. But yeah. um, it's cool because I, I work with Jennifer Connelly on Snowpiercer. And so she was yes. giving us like some lowdown, like the scoops of things. And he actually like he he really does fly the planes. He he rides those motorcycles like I ride a motorcycle like I want to ride a motorcycle for him. So he's like, damn, that's so cool. Like I'm like, yeah, we simpatico. Only <laughs> you've been like really in it and doing it. And you're really famous and really rich. And I am doing theater. <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding but yeah the, the, we, we got to hear some great stories from uh oh, jennifer so connelly cool. jennifer connelly said he's like he's like one of those people that that believes that every single hour of every single day every single moment of every day is a gift and that's why he does what he does and that's why what he does is so good he's Always. you know so who cares scientology just divorce that from him if you if it yes. brings you a problem you know i love his films so oh yeah i love his films mission impossible everything mm-hmm. you know this movie was so good i think it's one of my favorite movies i've seen all year oh so. and the guys and everybody was hot in it like so, so hot. hot in it jennifer connelly was so hot like i was like oh, i told yeah. her i was like jennifer excuse me for saying this and i apologize i hope it doesn't offend you i was like but you were really really hot in that film <laughs> she, was like, she goes i know I was like really thank you i was like mm-hmm. oh yeah you were hot oh my god i love that. It's like no, nothing was... that a little self-tanner can't help with i was like no 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 <laughs> it's not just self-tanner honey <laughs> you were beautiful and gorgeous and you were hot in the film uh but everyone in that movie was super super hot Oh, yeah. It's true. It's true. And I shed a tear a few times, which was shocking to me. It was it was moving. It was cinema. Okay, I'm randomly yeah, it was cinema. obsessed with Top Gun. It was, yeah, cinema. It was cinema. Wait, Lena, do you I know you've, you've suggested a few um what's his name? Jonathan Brandis. 
Jonathan Brandis films. Don't get it right. Obviously corroborated this uh, Top Gun recommendation. Yes. Do you have a dose of drama today to share with our listeners? Um, dose of drama. I've not been watching anything interesting lately on TV because I'm trying to write something interesting for TV and film. So okay. I have been in writer mode, which is really cool. Gotten some compliments, which is helpful. That's exciting. <laughs> Yeah. And now you've been behind, you know, you've, you've been a part of it for a few years now. Yeah. So. I don't know. Just watch fucking sidekicks or, or fucking ladybugs if All you right. can, if it's out there. It might not be out there. Yeah. Amazon has a lot of good stuff. Well, Lena, you have been such a delight today. Obviously, because there's so much that you've done, we didn't even get to chat, chat about, you know, your time with Josh Groban on tour, your multiple EPs and albums and whatnot. But I cannot wait to see you in Little Shop this fall and hopefully in the Tom Cruise musical and, you know, plenty of things one day. Thank you so much for your thank time. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. And let me know when you're there so I can uh, hang after. I would love that. Love and of course, everyone should follow you. You're at Lena Rocker Hall on Twitter and Instagram. And Correct. Yes. And where, you know, Correct. you find her page, you'll find us. We're at the Drama Podcast. <laughs> I'm at Dylan McDowell, Connor's at Connor McDowell. And thank you again, Lena. We appreciate thank it. Thank you. Have a good one. Ciao, ciao. All right, Connor. I will see you next time. Drama. Drama.